Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Ann. And I'm Kendra. And you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. So we are super excited about today's episode. It is the episode I wish I had had when I was starting my infertility journey. (laughs) Definitely. So it's a a proactive approach, practical tips to treating infertility. Yeah. Yeah. So you find out that you're struggling and it's like, where do I go from here? And there's so many different things on the internet, but it's yeah. like, where do I start? It's like you need a checklist. Yes. Like, did you do this? Did you do this? What's the order to go through? Uh-huh. So today might not be quite as spiritual as some of our other episodes have been, but I think... Um, just as needed. It's just as needed. And and the reason that it applies to us as believers is because we want to be good stewards of what God has yeah. given us. And money is part of that. Time uh-huh. is part of that. Your body. Your body, for sure. So going through a process that's going to try what are the, the simple fixes first before we, we try some of the more expensive is, is helpful. Yeah. So let's start with start with the really, really general things. What were some general health tips that helped you at the beginning of, of your infertility journey? So at the very beginning, we definitely, I had put on a good bit of weight, especially for like my stature. I had gained about 30 pounds. And some of that was hormonal oh, yes, things. But yeah. Yes. Uh, literally, I had gained 30 pounds in like, seven months mm. like and it was not like I was like just laying on the couch all day and eating whatever I wanted bon to bon eat you know? <laughs> yeah I mean Will and I definitely would enjoy some dessert or something you know pizza whatever I'm not saying like I was like all natural paleo right. you know but I mean I went running three times a week and then mm. still just gaining weight and but you know everybody tells you as you're growing up they're like your metabolism's just gonna stop one day and you're gonna see and so I literally was like I guess this is how my metabolism is gonna fail me today you know like it's just gonna be this way but anyway I went when I first went to my fertility specialist doctor I guess he brought that up and that was one reason that he thought I had PCOS and that's what I ended up getting diagnosed with um, another visit or two later with blood work in there that showed how crazy my hormones were and he ended up telling me he was like and you could have like dieted and exercised and And not eaten a lot and you still would have gotten up to 200 pounds or so so anyway but yeah, that was but literally. But what sort of diet did he recommend for you? He wanted me either doing the Mediterranean diet mm-hmm. or the keto diet, and then he ended up saying, because of your hormones being this certain way, um, I had more testosterone than what I was supposed to have, and then if I'm remembering right, also too much progesterone and not enough estrogen. I think I'm saying that right, or not the normal amount of estrogen. And so the keto, he started me on keto. I know a lot of people have their qualms about keto and that's totally fine but I was going to do what my doctor asked me to do and so we started doing that and like very very we, we did it all the way and so anyway I started doing that started I joined a local like workout class and I was able to lose weight 
pretty quickly doing that. And then he started me on metformin, which is actually um, usually for diabetics, but it was to help get those hormones together. And honestly, uh, untreated PCOS can end up causing type 2 diabetes. And Mm. so that's also another reason why metformin helps with that. I I think it's really interesting how your health, what you're eating, what you're putting in your body affects your fertility, not just while you're trying to conceive, but even years before those substances that have toxins in them really do build up in your body. I remember I went to a a Christian doctor um, when Eric and I got married and he was, he, he was like, are you guys hoping to have children? Do you, you know, he wanted to see if I needed supplements. And I remember him saying, he's like, it's, it's the year before you try that you really need to start Mm. even thinking about your nutrition and what you're putting in your body. And I thought, oh my goodness, a whole year Uh before. Well, Eric, um, my husband, um, he's, he's done a lot of research on animal based diets that Uh um, have a lot of meat and uh, of course, a lot of the, um, neither one of us are dietitians. We don't claim to be that, but I, I think that the main overarching theme to come away with is throw the sugars out as yeah. much as you can, it's so throw much the about complex sugars. carbs out, yeah. the the processed foods, uh-huh. like, and then within that, there's a lot of variety of what you can do. But if you can throw out the bad stuff, and of course you don't have to be super strict and you don't want to add extra stress to your life, but just being practical, your BMI, you know, if, if you are morbidly obese, um, that will affect your fertility. Yeah. And so if that's something, having children is something that's important to you, even if you're, you know, a little overweight, just getting to that healthy weight range. And it's not about an, a specific number on a scale, no, but just no. getting healthy and feeling good. Right. And also just feeling better about yourself. I know that I can look back at pictures of me during that time and I remember feeling like, I guess this is just how things are going to be now. I'm just going to continue mm-hmm to get bigger, you know? And so, yeah, I feel like it, uh, it also helps you just mentally feel better yeah, about yourself. And inviting yourself. God into that process too. Lord, I want to be healthy. Help me. You created my body. So right. help me know what, how to fuel it and, yeah. and, and do that. Yeah. Well, I some agree. other just general habits we have here is um, obviously not smoking and drinking. That's on our first fertility assessments. Uh-huh. They ask you that question. They, the doctors will. Yep. And fortunately, a lot of believers, those, those issues don't come up as often. But if, if you have have any sort of addiction issues, this is another time in your life to really pray for deliverance over it because yeah. it will affect your and fertility. And just think about hopefully that future baby, how worth that future baby would be yes. to give up, you know, those things. And I know that those things would be hard to quit, you know. I've any never, addiction. Right. I've never personally struggled with those, but even eating, you know, different things that now you can't eat on the keto diet or whichever diet you're on, those are hard to give up too. But that was one thing that I was like, okay, that future baby will be worth me not eating this ice cream today. Yes, you know? My <laughs> husband helped me. He was like, I'm, I'm thinking for two right now yeah, and I'm trying exactly. to help you. He was very encouraging. Exactly. That's how they should be. Well, the next one on our list is age. And a lot uh-huh. of people that are listening to this, you're probably already struggling with fertility if you're listening to our podcast and you're thinking, well, there's nothing I can change about my age. Yeah. Um, but I think this is an important discussion to talk about the initial assessment of, of your fertility, of where you are in life and 
age plays a huge impact in your fertility, especially for us as women. Um, And this is something not to scare women who are older because I fall into that category. Mm -hmm. They call you, what's the term? Geriatric. Um, Geriatric pregnancy (laughs) is like, I think after 34. After 34, 35. Geriatric. What? I have two friends in that category right now. So offensive. (laughs) That is an offensive term. Yes. But the truth is from, from the studies is that your fertility does change around age 34, 35, and it starts going down. And now that's, again, anything is possible with God and his timing and his ways are perfect in all that he does. So that's not to scare people. But there's this element of basic biology that I think God does work within a order and structure and yeah. like you know it's it's one thing to if if you're you know single and haven't gotten married don't don't freak out and be like I got my biological clocks running right. out but if you are delaying starting to have your family and you are getting up in age and biological children is something that's very important to you I would like to encourage you to do a little bit of research to yeah. know what What's to come? How age affects fertility. And one thing to consider too is that, you know, one in eight couples struggle with infertility. So you it's very human nature to think, you know what? We're both healthy. As soon as we get started, this is gonna happen for us. And you often don't know the problems until after you get in and you've been trying. And the thing with fertility stuff is it all takes way longer oh, yeah. than I mean, you're you literally think. working on your body cycle you know girls or women work on a monthly cycle so like they're just certain times of the month there's no doing Nothing anything about do. it <laughs> i mean uh, you know eating right exercising those things that we've already talked about but it can be such a long process just for that reason and even getting specialists and doctors and finding them yeah. and like some of them won't book for six months to right. a year out they're booked up yeah so if you are delaying having children because you think it'll come easy take into consideration those factors also for those that are on birth control i've found a lot of people do have trouble with it getting out of their systems and mm-hmm. then being able to conceive so i've heard people suggest if you want to try in a year you might consider other family planning methods like you know the natural rhythm cycle yeah. um, and there's you can google that and you know certain days that you're fertile and certain days that you aren't right and that allows that medication to get out of your body it's right, right not an option for everybody but something to consider um and now your family y'all did some some really clean like you kind of felt conviction for like clean products right yeah and so it was december i guess of 2020 i know this sounds weird to say that i feel like the lord put it on my heart but i do i just feel like he was just kind of laid it on my heart to try some different products and so i mentioned it to will and i was like these are more expensive but I do just feel like after looking at at the toxins and the what do you hormone inhibitors mm-hmm. like that can mess up your hormone yes like literally just in our candles what's in um, our yeah in our house and yeah. around us daily yeah anyway I just told him I was like I just feel like I would rather you know try to use cleaner products when we can that does not mean I cleaned out my full pantry and cleaning products and makeup and threw everything away I did not do that but just as I bought more I paid more attention to what was actually in those and so first thing I started with was deodorant not Mm -hmm. having deodorant with aluminum in there or phthalates and then we swapped body wash and went to a cleaner shampoo and um what I washed our clothes with and Things like that. And then, um, so wise just to be 
just intentional about just reading trying. labels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And honestly, what kind of got me started on that was our little man. Um, we have a ba- had a baby through foster care mm-hmm. at the time, and we he came home from the hospital when he was two days old to our home, and I when I knew I wanted to see what was going to be in his. Um, cleaner for his clothes Mm. you know and the things that he was going to be using in his formula and so um, that kind of honestly sparked me looking into more ingredients and baby food and stuff like that and then it took me to doing things for Will and I a little cleaner too so that's so helpful (laughs) all right well the next category so once you kind of go through the general health tips um, you want to look at basic fertility and making sure that you understand. Yeah. Um, when I got married, I'll be honest, like, or maybe right before I got married, I did not realize how complex my cycle was. I know. Like, I don't know why I was so <laughs> oblivious. Were Same. you? I, I was. I definitely was. Well, just, th- and this, some women listening might be like, I know all of this, but there might be someone who doesn't realize there's a fertility window of mm-hmm. only certain days that you conceive. Right. And finding, um, learning about that, and then also um, finding an app to help track your yeah ovulation there's things like ovulation predictor kits um you can you can learn to track your own body and yeah. i use the period tracker app i don't know would you have a specific app you use i use the ovia app okay <laughs> so yeah it's really helpful especially yeah. for people like me who would never remember right, right. <laughs> those details having an app well and like, every time you go to the doctor they're gonna say when was your last oh, menstrual yes. cycle and you're like i don't uh i don't remember hold on just a second yeah. <laughs> let me look at my app and that's whenever it came um it, very helpful to me um, keeping up with it that yeah, way. So if, if you were kind of hoping to have um, a baby and it hasn't happened, maybe just start even charting little things as yeah. something, oh, this period, this was weird or this uh-huh. happened, making little notes of that, all of that will be helpful. Because yeah. you- honestly, I lived for so many years having my cycle a certain way mm-hmm. that I thought that that's how it was for everyone. Yes. And then my, without getting too, too in detail about all that, um, when my doctor asked me questions, specific questions about my cycle, and I was telling him, and he was like, and not everybody has to lay down all day because they're hurting so bad, wow. you know? And I was like, well, really? I just thought it was crazy. I just accepted this. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so anyway, it's crazy once I started doing those things, mm-hmm. and I guess taking metformin definitely even helped with that. Well, the, the next um, point that we have is to, to talk to your OB or to see a fertility specialist. Um, and so this is something that both of us finding somebody for that first, like finding somebody that you trust can be right. very hard and it difficult. Hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause you're going about like the most awkward situation in your life, you know, to go talk to a stranger. About yes. That. And it's like, where do you start? Did, did you start with your OB? I started with my OB. It did not go very well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, honestly, because of the things that she said and how, honestly kind of derogatory she was in that appointment I really feel like the Lord used that to lead me to the fertility specialist that mm-hmm. I did find and he was sent from heaven so um anyway uh I'd feel like God used that kind of sad and disappointing appointment to um help me to find the doctor that I ended up finding um for us well and everything when it comes to fertility and and finding and working towards a diagnosis does cost um one of the things i wish i had done was just like um from the get-go gone and seen a specialist and maybe like you do pay a little bit more at the beginning to get some some tests done to figure out what the problem is and it might be a simple problem but like 
it's helpful to have a diagnosis first and then treat it. And it, there will be some cost associated right, with, with right. the diagnosis. Um, now, for some couples that get married younger, you might have longer to say, you know what, let's spend one year trying this, one year trying that. Um, right. And that's perfectly, perfectly fine. But being proactive about it, um, I think, is is very important when, when there is a problem. For sure. For so sure. the the testing, let me talk talk about your tests. What what was your um, first steps for testing Ooh. and figuring out what's going on? So that was back in 2018. Um, but definitely all kinds of blood work. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt like I was in the doctor all the time for that stuff. And then they did vaginal ultrasounds, mm-hmm. which are definitely no fun to do. But it definitely showed my doctor what was what going on was inside. Going, right. Yes. And he was just amazed. He was like, with all of your symptoms, they never did do this at your OB mm-hmm. and I was like not one time did they do an ultrasound like this and so um that's how he was able to see all of the um the polyps mm-hmm. that I had and um so that was another reason why he was like well you for sure have PCOS um and then after doing those type of tests they did test will to see um you know because like if if, it, if he was a problem it's then, a male factor right yeah. right um, then there'd be a whole different plan in place sure. um, to do that. But he, he was he was good. And if you've ever done one of those tests, you know how um, awkward <laughs> that awkward. can be. So, um, and then after that, we did tried medicines, the Clomid and um, Femara for a while. And then um, he got me to go to... I'm forgetting what it's called. It's where they put dye into your Yes, it's uterus. a HSG test. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes. Um, but they did that, and they did find um, one blockage in there. So they then we had to do a procedure to fix that. Some, some basic surgeries. Yes, yeah, just super. Those were pretty minor. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going through it, it's such an emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster anyway. Everything feels like one more obstacle in your way. Yes, and it's like, what is what is this called? What what are we doing today? I just remember feeling so tired mm-hmm. after each procedure because it was like, Again, okay, something yeah. else. Yeah, and it was almost like, okay, I'm glad you found the blockage, but great. Okay, so that I'm was another problem, <laughs> you know. Um, well, let me read through. There's this list that goes through all of the problems and yeah. like kind of an order of what kind of tests. And a lot of them are ones you just mentioned. Okay. But I really like, so this is coming from a lady called um, Doc, Dr. Amy. She's known as the egg whisperer. As far as I know, she's not a believer, but her information is helpful. And I have had several answers from <laughs> listening to her podcast. So she calls it the tushy method as a good way <laughs> to remember it. The so T U S H Y. So her big thing is fertility diagnosis before treatment. Let's figure out what the problem is and then we know how to treat it. So right. the first thing she has on the list is T for your tubes, which is the test that you just talked about and yep. an HSG and so I guess for some women they have some sort of something blocking. It can be from endometriosis. Right. Um it can be multiple different things, but something's blocking your tubes. Um, and so what they do is um, they they go in with a kind of a radioactive dye and they uh-huh. um, shoot it up and they watch to see, is this going to flow, flow right. through your tubes, <laughs> yeah. right? Very awkward. It's uh-huh. expensive. Yep. Um, but how much, I don't know. I want to say it was a couple thousand dollars maybe. Do you remember what your price was for y'all? Uh, fortunately, we went to someone who did not charge that much. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah, wonderful. I know, I know. When you talk about prices and <sighs> stuff, it's it seems so different than what my doctor 
did and for you us. can shop around but in the moment it's difficult when you're like i don't even know who this right. is or where to call i wouldn't have known my doctor did that for me doctor mm. dr williams if you mention his name to lots of women in tupelo <laughs> they're like I in love the mississippi him. area yeah yes yeah so so i think um one thing with um infertility insurance and that's another point on our oh, thing is that yeah. um, most states covers um nothing 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 Thing. Right. And it makes me mad that uh-huh. they cover nothing because this is very much a part of being a human. Right. And it's like, okay, you're willing to cover abortions and sex change surgeries and some of these other things, but uh-huh. like just but I, to yeah. have a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at least they consider it elective procedures. Right. So um, for me, this one was not covered by insurance, right. um, no, unfortunately, uh, at all. <laughs> so, anyways, that's T for tubes. You is in tushy is uterus uh-huh. and this is um what you talked about having the ultrasound and yes. they go in and they can just see and there's two different kinds one has like a saline uh-huh. um that they kind of fills your abdomen maybe i forget but it allows them to see and then there's one that they just kind of go in with a wand and they can look and see the shape of your uterus that that's where they might notice if there's any cysts or right. polyps or problems like that um that's where um when i had that done they did notice um, a few little polyps on mine and that now that surgery was covered by insurance in the state of mississippi and again some of you all in other states might be fortunate that some of this will be covered right um in mississippi um, a lot was not but um but that was different because um it wasn't considered an elective procedure um so that's you s is sperm and um those tests, you mentioned that it was really awkward for yes. Will. One thing that's helpful to know is it's um, you don't necessarily have to um, do that at the at the, the doctor's clinic. office or the clinic. Right. You can bring it with you, do it at home. And there's even, if some of you don't want to go through a doctor or see a specialist, there are even kits where oh, you can you have, that you can do at home and okay. send off and have them analyzed. Huh. Um, we were looking into that at, at one point. I, I saw that come up. And so the next one is hormones. And you could probably speak to this a little bit more, but we both had the same blood work done. It's yeah. a generic test that they do, your AMH and your FSH. And uh-huh. they're basically... testosterone, all kinds of stuff. Hormones affect everything. <laughs> the whole panel. <laughs> yes. And so they'll they'll kind of be able to see some problems from that. Um, right. They can also kind of see your... Um, get an idea between that and the the having your uterus examined with the ultrasound they can get an idea of your follicle count of, uh-huh. of um, basically how many eggs are still in your reserve right between the blood levels and that and so Which I guess as, good to know. yeah as women we start off with a um, certain number of eggs right. and they're with us when we're born and so you have fewer eggs in, in the basket I guess as you get older and so they can see how many are left. Um, and then the last one is your, um, the Y in Tushy stands for your genetic profile. So this is like um, more DNA testing or genetic things between you and your spouse that might um, cause some genetic problems. Yeah. And so um, a lot of this is very good and helpful. I think that's the mo- more expensive. We actually ha- didn't end up having that done um, because we were able to discover the problem through the other methods of testing. Right. <laughs> um, but um, I know both of us had discussed that with the genetic profile thing, sometimes they will push you to... Um, to get those tests done. To get some tests done that you're like, uh, well, I don't care if my baby has, you know, like life is life and all is like... Right. Science, they can they can predict a lot of things of, oh, we can know if it's a boy or a girl, if, if they have Down syndrome or not. And so as Christians, there are some issues like that that come up. Right, right. 
Um, you, we only have a few more minutes left, but you talked about medications, Clomid, Letrozole. Um, there's some hormone type therapy. Um, those are some really simple things before you get to the advanced right. IUIs and, and IVF. Um, that they can be prescribed some for the the men as well as the mm-hmm. women to mm-hmm. help with um, um, healthy sperm and to help women with ovulation. Um, those are some great options. We also kind of talked about surgeries. You had what was it? Cysts removed? It, uh, well, not necessarily cysts. It was to check for endometriosis. Yes. And then t- they found a few different things in there to fix. I, My uterus was actually not a, attached to my abdominal wall. Ooh. So they went in and fixed that, which actually sounds crazy, but helped with my cycles. So, so helpful. <laughs> well, um, so again, just to review some general health tips. Um, know your basic fertility. Try to find a specialist that you can trust and right. be proactive so about it. Um, do some of the testing, the tushy method, <laughs> your tubes, yeah. your uterus, your sperm, your hormones, your genetic profile. Um, and the the last element is to invite God into this process, yeah, right? For sure. He's <laughs> always needing to be a part. Yes. You, you get so busy doing all the work of going through and checking all of these things that we forget that he is the author of life and he is ultimately yeah. in control. I have a verse, Isaiah 49, 16. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. And that always just brings me encouragement to know that I'm literally written on the palms of his hands. Mm, That is absolutely beautiful. Oh my goodness, the, the big part of this is realizing God is in control. And even though you are trying to be proactive, you are scheduling doctor's appointments, you are overwhelmed, and literally your your mind is spinning with all of these, these things, and you're learning about your body, keeping in mind that He is in control, and you know the verse that says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, present your request to God. So... First of all, don't be anxious. And secondly, remember to pray through every step of this and invite God into all of those doctor's appointments, all of the Googling and every single part of it. That's true. He is the way maker. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You can go follow us on Facebook and Instagram or email us at hannahsheart at afa.net. And we hope you'll join us again next time on Hannah's Heart.